Filthy Henry, Accidental Legend, Chapter 16. Shelley watched Drew through narrowed eyes as she pretended to be asleep. Any time she moved, the druid looked up at her, waited a few seconds to apparently see if anything further was going to happen, then turned to stare out the window again. Another sly glance, another averted gaze. She was sure that Drew had been watching her with what looked like a concerned expression. This last little check had just confirmed it. What's up with you? she said, opening her eyes fully and sitting upright in the bed. And why is this bloody room so cold? Does Cahill not have central heating? Drew nearly fell off his chair. What? You're up? You're okay? Like, like proper okay? Filthy said to watch you while he went to get some food. I thought he had cast a sleep spell or something on you. You know, to help with the recovery or whatever. Yeah, I remember that bit, Shirley said. But then I didn't really catch the part where he told you to watch me like I was about to catch fire. Can you pass me that scarf behind you? It's bloody freezing in here. The druid lost some colour in his face. I'm not watching you, Drew said, avoiding eye contact. He tossed the scarf across the bed. She caught it and wrapped it around her neck, all the while keeping her eyes fixed on the guilty-looking druid. Shelley had seen this male trait a few times in her life. Filthy Henry was the worst at it. Rather than just be an adult and have a hard conversation, men avoided eye contact, as if that somehow meant the tough talk never had to happen. All it did was give the biggest indication to any woman with half a brain that something was being hidden from them. The only question was what could Drew be trying to avoid talking about? He hadn't been directly involved in the accident. In fact, the Druid had been so far away that nobody could have accused him of causing anything to happen. If he hadn't been there, Shelley was fairly sure that help might not have come so quickly. Unless Drew knew what had actually caused the accident. Maybe the electrical wire was just a lie Filthy Henry had told her. In fact, as she thought more about it, Shelley knew it had to be a lie. Why would a hurley made entirely from metal have metal bands around it? Those bands were purely to stop the wooden variety from splitting after a single match. A metal one would have no need of bands to keep the head together, because the bloody head was made from metal. Drew, Shelley said. The druid closed his eyes firmly and lowered his head. Yes? Shelley turned and brought her legs over the edge of the bed. She lowered her feet to the floor and stood up slowly. Without waiting for him to get brave, Shelley walked over to Drew and stared down at him. Is there something you want to tell me? The druid slowly started to shake his head. But Shelley knew that Drew knew the game was over. She smiled at all the fun that was about to ensue. It was a sapling tree, barely six feet tall. There was nothing unusual about it in the least. The trunk was thin and willowy. The few branches it had bore leaves the size of a baby's fingernail. Around it, bigger, stronger, older trees grew majestically towards the sky. While the sapling just stood there, 
in the middle of the clearing, doing its very best to catch up. An act which would no doubt take years. Except at that very moment, it was not a sapling tree, but a very skinny representation of Filthy Henry. One which Cahill was going to beat into the ground. Cahill had read about visualisation before, how prize fighters and legendary boxers would imagine their opponent during training. It was much easier to get ready for a fight if you could mentally turn a punching bag into the face you wanted to hit. He had never really given it much thought though. After all, when your main opponent in life was a bottle of whiskey or a can of beer, you had very little to visualise. It was not like the drink was going to fight back during a session in the pub. No, alcohol was much sneakier than that. It waited for the following morning before hitting you with a sucker punch to the stomach and the head. But now Cahill was seeing the benefits to this mental training trick. If you could focus all your hatred and anger onto something, it made the hitting of said something immensely satisfying. At that moment the sapling was just in the right place at the wrong time. Sure, it had been growing there before Cahill had stumbled across it, but the principle remained the same. This was no longer some little plant, trying to make it in the big bad world. It was the skinny embodiment of Filthy Henry the Fairy Detective. A git who had stolen the affections of Alice. Stolen them without even trying. Cahill took a swing at the sapling with the hurley stick. The metal hit the soft trunk hard, causing some bark to chip away. All Filthy Henry had said since he arrived was clearly a pile of horse dung. He had just been interested in coming down from Dublin and stealing away some country girl. Another swing of the stick. More bark chips created. Worse even was how Alice had looked at him with big puppy dog eyes. Cahill would have killed entire villages for just one look like that over the years. Now it looked like that kiss on the cheek was going to be the sum total of his relationship with Alice. All because of a ginger-haired Muppet with some magic tricks. It just wasn't fair. Yet another example of the Cullen family curse. Just when it looked like things were going his way, the universe noticed and intervened, making sure that Cahill was denied some happiness. Cahill could feel his anger bubbling up inside, the blood rushing through his body. He hadn't been this mad in his entire life. True, most of his adult years had been spent moving from a hangover to a drunken state and back again, which left very little room to get angry. But during the formative teenage years, when hormones ran rampant, there had been no anger. He was sure that his anger was bordering on rage at this point. A feeling deep in the pit of his stomach, a tightening in his chest. The poor sapling didn't know what was hitting it, taking into account, of course, that it was not a sentient tree. Cahill kept on attacking it with the stick, each thud not satiating his rage at all. If anything, it seemed to make it worse because the mental visualisation of Filthy Henry appeared to be mocking him by not falling over. His mind started to think about what could be going on back in the house, which added fuel to the rage fire that was burning. Right now, Filthy Henry and Alice would be talking, chatting, shooting the breeze. All the while the sexual undertone would be there, brewing like a tea, a lover's tea. As Cahill took a low swing at the sapling, a horrible thought entered his mind. What if Alice and Filthy Henry were kissing? That would be it then, he knew. She would have fallen for Filthy Henry and all his Dublin charms, 
Cahill would be left drowning his sorrows until his dying days. Although even that simple pleasure would be denied him. All thanks to Filthy Henry and his spell that turned alcoholic drinks into boring water. He brought the hurley up high, holding it firmly in both hands above his head. The handle was warm to touch now, no doubt because of how tightly he'd been holding it. Although there was something else, just on the edge of hearing, almost like a whisper. One that suggested giving in to the anger would make everything better. Cahill pictured Filthy Henry and Alice kissing, passionately, and pushed all his rage into the swing. He roared as he brought the hurley down towards the sapling. The handle started to feel funny, like electricity was running along it, but only enough to cause a slight tingling sensation. A hum just on the edge of hearing filled the air. As the hurley came back into his eyeline, Cahill noticed a subtle white glow around the edges of the metal. He carried on with the swing, his anger growing. Right as the stick was directly in front of his chest, the humming sound stopped and the glow raced along the shaft towards the flat head of the hurley. A ball of white light formed for a split second on the flat side of the hurley stick. A second before a beam of energy shot out from it with such force that it lifted Cahill off his feet and sent him sailing through the air. Without any better plan for survival, he closed his eyes tightly and kept a grip on the hurley stick. Around Cahill, air rushed past, the sound of trees and dirt exploding. Branches whipped his head as he continued flying backwards. Something hard and sturdy hit him from behind, knocking the wind from his lungs. Cahill fell down. The last thing he remembered before blacking out was the slap of a wooden branch hitting his face. Almost as if the sapling's big brother had shown up to lend a hand. Filthy Henry was getting tired of the little game he currently found himself in. There were only so many circuits of a tatty three-seater sofa a person could do before they ran out of new routes. Especially when there was a love-crazed loony following you around and seemingly getting faster on each lap. The fairy detective was not exactly unaccustomed to the advances of the opposite sex. After 90-odd years alive, you collected a few dalliances. But this was totally different to the trysts of a misspent youth. This was bordering on infatuation. Which was surprising Filthy Henry no end, considering all his dealings with the young woman currently enthralled with him had been in a pub and a brief insult session earlier that day. Neither of which would be classed as the beginnings of a romantic story. Unless scriptwriters were having a really bad case of writer's block. We've met, right? Filthy Henry asked Alice. She nodded her head with such enthusiasm that Filthy Henry thought her neck would snap. So what the hell's going on here? You like Cahill. He likes you. That's how it's meant to go. Now suddenly you like me? Alice's nodding speed went to the next level as they completed another lap of the sofa. I was supposed to spend some time convincing you to go on a date with Cahill. But I figured having him practically ready to save the day would have been the best time to bring your attention to him. Yet still this seems like the course of action you want to follow. Going after me? She stopped chasing him. Of course, Alice said, her eyelids fluttering as she spoke. You're probably the most amazing man I've ever seen. Filthy Henry was not used to getting compliments. It didn't matter that the lady was telling him he was amazing. He stopped his current lap and flicked on his very vision. 
the world changed slightly and the magical spectrum came into view. There was a subtle glow around Alice's head, a pink light that pulsed slightly. As she stared at the fairy detective, the pulsing increased. Well, that explains that then, he said to himself. Although I probably should have checked for magic sooner. Alice mistook his words as something being said to her. She gripped the back of the sofa, climbed over the arm and ran across the cushions towards him. Before he had time to come up with an escape plan, Alice jumped, arms stretched out in front of her and crashed into Filthy Henry. They both toppled to the floor, Alice somehow managing to wrap her arms around the fairy detective so that escape was practically impossible. As they slammed into the ground, Filthy Henry tried to figure out where the spell had come from. The only magic user in the house with any true power was himself. Drew could just about manage a love charm, the sort that made a girl notice you, but nothing else. Plus, the druid would have known better than to enter into a magical prank war with the fairy detective. Yet Alice was clearly under some sort of spell. That poxy skied, Filthy Henry swore under his breath. He started to wiggle along the floor, Alice lying on top of him with a crazy smile on her face. Each inch gained on the grimy wooden planks was met with a kiss on the forehead from the girl. The fairy detective could feel his comfort levels lowering with each wet press of her lips. What the hell is going on here? Filthy Henry managed to backslide a few inches and was able to look around the sofa from his nasty position on the floor. Standing in the doorway was a middle-aged woman with a pram. She pushed the pram into the room and walked around the sofa so she was able to look down at Filthy Henry and Alice. There was a motherly air about her, the potent mix of disapproval and irritation, indicating that what she was seeing was not what she wanted to see. With the practiced ease of a parent, she clicked the brake on her pram with her foot, crossed her arms and frowned. For some reason, Filthy Henry felt an overpowering desire to just run to his bedroom without any supper. Alice continued to kiss every part of his head she had access to. Eh, uh, I can explain, he said. I'd expect so, the woman said. But first things first, how about you start by telling me your name? And why are you cavorting with my Ulysses' lady friend on the floor of his house? Filthy Henry reached up, grabbed hold of Alice's shoulders and pushed her off his body. She, meanwhile, craned her neck downwards and tried to lick his forehead. With a slightly more forceful shove than he intended, the fairy detective managed to shift Alice off his body and knocked her to the floor. He scrambled backwards and got to his feet quickly. The new arrival stared down at Alice in disbelief, then up at Filthy Henry. Is that any way to treat a young lady? she asked. Something about the woman's tone caused Filthy Henry to have a vivid flashback to his youth. Back to the time when the headmaster had seen the young fairy detective knocking a little girl to the ground. It didn't matter to the headmaster that the girl had deserved to be introduced to the stony surface after insinuating Filthy Henry's ginger hair was on fire. The headmaster had just brought out the yardstick and slapped the six-year-old fairy detective's young posterior red. Such was the way at the time. He felt his butt cheeks clench. The woman continued to stare at Filthy Henry, clearly waiting for some sort of response to her question. Uh, no, he said, 
unsure what was currently going on. No what? No, ma'am, Filthy Henry said. Good, now help her up. The fairy detective rolled his eyes and offered Alice a hand. She grabbed it with both of her hands and hauled herself back up to her feet, dragging Filthy Henry towards her in the motion so that they were pressed together. See, Filthy Henry said to the woman as he manoeuvred Alice back to the sofa and pushed her down. Who are you anyway? Some local nutter that brings a pram around to the derelicts of the neighbourhood. It caught him completely by surprise. One second his cheek was fine. The next the woman slapped him hard enough that he could feel the stinging pain across his face. You bad-mannered pup. I am Ulysses' mother and this little darling is his young brother, Ulton. And who are you to be in his house? Filthy Henry rubbed his cheek with his right hand while holding Alice down on the sofa with his left. He had heard some presumptuous names in his time. It was as if mothers thought that giving a very fancy name to their child would ensure riches and wealth. All it did was give the little snot munchers notions about their place in the world. They walked through life expecting gold to rain from the sky and were surprised when people didn't drop everything for them. But until that moment, Filthy Henry had never encountered somebody with enough mental issues to name their child Ulysses. Well, that's a lovely name, the fairy detective lied. Although, who's Ulysses? The guy who lives here is Cottle. From upstairs there came a loud bang, followed by a door being opened and closed with a slam. Further bangs followed, thumps on the wooden door and heavy objects being dropped to the ground. The unmistakable sound of a plate or cup being smashed against the wall could be heard. Then the door drum slowly continued. Filthy! Drew shouted at the top of his voice. Now who the hell is that? The woman asked. Forget that. Who's this Ulysses thinks lives here? She rolled her eyes. That boy refuses to stick with tradition, the woman said. No doubt you're calling him Cahill, but that name is not meant to be used. Family traditions are important. I'm his mother. You may call me Mammy Cullen. Now tell me who the hell is upstairs shouting? Are you them criminal fellows roaming the countryside? Filthy Henry dodged the clawing hand of Alice and grabbed it with his free hand. He shook his head. No, Mammy Cullen, he said, doing his best to ignore the banging from upstairs. We're friends of Cottle's. Came here a few days ago. Visiting is probably the right term. That's one of us upstairs. Filthy, Drew shouted once more, this time with a tinge of panic in his voice. A little help up here. Shouldn't you go and see what that's all about? Mammy Cullen asked. Yeah, Alice added, giving the fairy detective an alluring look. We could both go and investigate the bedroom. You be quiet, Filthy Henry said to Alice. He looked at Mammy Cullen. I'm going to need you to keep her here while I go and see why a grown man is shouting at the top of his voice like a little child. Filthy she knows. Oh God, how is she opening the door? How is she so strong? The fairy detective froze on the spot. There was only one meaning to be taken from that sentence. And it did not have good implications of how the conversation afterwards would go. Filthy Henry had never before ran from a fight. He had advanced in reverse many times. But that was only to fight another day. 
but Shelley had never truly fought with the fairy detective, and from the sounds of what was happening upstairs, she was fairly annoyed. This did not bode well for any half-breed, ruggedly handsome detectives in the area, who'd been keeping an important secret from her. So you have another one upstairs, is that it? Mammy Cullen asked. Filthy Henry blinked once at the remark. Obviously, if you knew nothing about what Drew was talking about, there was another way to interpret his outburst. But clearing up the confusion would only waste time. Valuable seconds that could be used to escape the house before Shelley tried to reduce the amount of fairy detectives in the world. The door thumping stopped and a gargled scream followed. Fear gripped filthy Henry's heart. It was time to advance in reverse. Eh, I've just got to run down and grab some milk from the shops, he said, motioning towards Mammy Cullen until she took hold of Alice's hands. Suddenly a loud explosion from outside the house could be heard. It sounded like a truck blowing up in a movie. Bird cawing filled the air as the noise died down. Normally, loud explosions did not interest the fairy detective, since he could cause them himself whenever the mood took. A simple joy to being an adolescent with a grudge and magical powers. However, this boom had a hint of magic about it. Filthy Henry could sense it. This was not just a gas main exploding or something falling from the sky. Real magic had been involved. Without saying anything to the ladies, he grabbed his trench coat, pulled it on and ran for the door. Drew came running down the stairs panting. Filthy, she knows, she knows, the druid said clinging to the banisters. I can't deal with that now. I need to find out what that bang was, the fairy detective said. Filthy Henry, what did you do? Shelley shouted from the landing. Filthy Henry did not wait to hear any more. He ran out the front door in search of the chaos causing magic. Filthy Henry, Accidental Legend is a novel by Derek Power. More Filthy Henry novels are available to buy on Amazon Kindle. Narration and music by Niall Milton. To keep up to date with episodes this season, why not subscribe or like or share? We'd really appreciate it.